This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George Allman has got the day off today celebrating his son's graduation from MCRD boot camp. So, Casey, thank you very much and congratulations. That's a, that's a big deal and it's much appreciated. So, um, Good morning. It's been a little warm. You haven't said good morning yet. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Well, I, no, I did. I said good morning, San Diego. He well, did. not to us, usually. Well, you're not well, in San Diego? Different county? Yeah. A different planet <laughs> is, is what, what people generally tell yeah. me, but we'll go well, county today. Good morning. It has been quite warm, but... A lot warm. Yeah, but it's been cool at night, and yeah, that's the house true. doesn't it, get hot because the sun's low in the true. sky. So It does cool off at night. That's the, the saving grace of the uh, whole the whole thing, I would say. Although it's supposed to start getting cooler this weekend. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be very cool on Monday. And maybe, 68 is the high on Monday? Yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. And I heard possible showers, too, which is great because I'm playing golf. So <laughs> Well, thank you, because we could use a, some showers. We haven't yeah. had them for a while, so I'm ready. That is true. It's been, what, about a month or so? And I keep seeing that I keep seeing El Nino pop up in the yeah the, in the headlines yeah so true. I think I think San Francisco's planning on getting uh, hit pretty hard. Oh, this they get winter. the Pineapple Express when when. Uh, we well, I haven't seen it. Right? I've just I've just seen it. The it's it's all linked to El Nino. So we'll see what it, happens. Except for when it isn't. Except exactly. when it isn't. Well, I I think I told you I saw that one meteorologist. He was saying that you know. Typically during an El Nino winter, you know, Southern California gets a much wetter winter, but sometimes it doesn't. And then the La Nina is usually drier, but sometimes it's wetter. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that might be why it's weather, weather exactly. right? Because it's weather or not, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's I don't you look I, at I, me like that. You know, I, I can. It seems that the only thing that they can agree on is that. El Nino is increased surface temperature of water, and La Nina is a decreased surface temperature of the water, but they can't figure out what. And different things they, happen and they usually. Can, and, they can't, and, they can't, and they can't figure out which way it's going to go with either one, because it can go either way, was from what that one guy was saying. So I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. It just seems it seems from the histor- history that I can remember, and I don't remember an El Nino prior to 1978 or 79. When was we that, had that when we had the big, was that an El really, Nino year? Yeah. And, I remember that. And yeah, that, that that's the first time I remember it. And for, since then, any time that there's been talk of an El Nino, it's been a lot of water in the, in the winter time. That uh, El Nino year, I was starting siphons in the backyard for the, for my family. And sometimes some of that water that I was siphoning ended up 
in me. So I got nice gamma globulin shots from dad after that. that what was, were you siphoning off? Yeah, exactly. Water from the backyard to to get it over a hump and oh. drain it out of the backyard. Oh. And we were concerned about it's a well, we were concerned. Oh, I remember my I remember going with my dad to um the lookout point that's on the east side of Palm Canyon and Presidio Park and taking pictures of the and it was the water was basically from Interstate 8 all oh, the way yeah. over to the other side. And I don't think Friars Road was that section of Friars Road was in yet. Okay. That the the portion that goes west from Napa Street. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was there yet. Um, yeah. But it was just it was water it was water all yeah, the way across that, yeah. with a few little islands in it. It right. was the the um, baseball fields were completely submerged. Yes. I mean, it was it was a lot of water. It was a lot of water. I think that was the year that um, Lake Hodges spilled over for the first time since like the 1950s too. So, and I don't know that we'll ever see that again. Although I heard that they're going to replace the dam. So I don't. Are they going to build a new dam before they take the old one out? Or do not know. But it would be nice to have more water storage in the county and and in the great state if we want to expand it just a touch. Yes, that would be. That would be ideal. Uh, let's see. We got garden classes today. We're October 21st. We are already two-thirds of the way through October. October. That's crazy. It, it really is. Um, in San Diego, it's October native planting with Kelsey from Moosa Creek Nursery. October? October. Um, I saw a sign for that out in the Moosa Creek section of the nursery the other day. You were there yesterday, right? Well, I was there yesterday. I didn't see it yesterday. Earlier, since I was here the last time, I I saw it. Um, And then at 9.30 in Poway, um, it's a bonsai workshop with Richard Wright. Uh, That's an RSVP class. Do you know? Yes, there are still a few spaces left. There's no charge for it, uh, but we do need to RSVP because we have limited seating for the workshop yeah and if you want to if you want to purchase a plant to start training as a bonsai you can do that or you can bring your own plant from home if you have one that you want to work on either we we can do it either way but give the nursery a call this morning to make sure you can get a seat it is reserved it is uh, reserved to 15 people and but we did still have some seats available so that that class is at 9 30 and the phones would be on at nine o'clock nine so you can give Give us a call. And if you need the number, it's 858-513-4900. Uh, let's see what's going on next weekend. It's going to be Fall Fruit Tree Care with Chris in the San Diego store at 9 o'clock. And in Poway at 9.30, it's going to be um, Garden Tools and Their Uses with John Clements from the San Diego Botanical Garden. So um, if you'd like to stop in and see either of those, those are, that's what's going on. And I've got... I've got the Botanical Garden Foundation stuff somewhere here in all in of your this. notes. In my notes, my stack of junk. Uh, well, while you're well, looking, maybe I did not bring that. While you're looking for that, while you're not finding that, oh, then I won't. You can. Go no, I was going to say it's the the only thing that I could think of that was coming up is it's next weekend. I'm pretty sure um, is the fall orchid show and sale in Balboa Park with the San Diego County Orchid Society. Uh, if you want to check and see what they have going on in Balboa Park on a regular basis, the website is for the San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation, which is different than the San Diego Botanical Garden. It's, uh, 
it's sdbgf.org. And they have a list of everything that's scheduled to go on in Balboa Park. And then if you're interested in getting involved in any of the clubs or societies or plant societies that are in San Diego, and there's pretty much one for just about any kind of plant that you that you can think of or that you like, um, they have a list of all those meetings as well. And they could all use some new blood. Yes, they can. For the most part, yes. Uh, that that never hurts. Um, right now, we're going to go down to our San Diego store where James is waiting. Well, he's probably not at the store yet, but he's calling in. <laughs> hey good morning, guys, James. How are, you? how are you? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. How are you? Hey, doing great. Doing great. Yeah, getting ready for uh, a good day down at the nursery. Yeah, exactly. We hope so. Yeah. Are you, yeah good are morning, Marky. I hear Marky there. Yes, oh, he's yeah, here. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, how's uh, everything going up there? It's going good. It's going good. Slow down a little bit. I think most of that's due to the heat, but um, we're we're keeping busy, getting ready for fall. Um, that's about yeah, it. Yeah, what? we got all our uh, all our fall bulbs uh, going. Uh, that's pretty much the the big deal going on right now are the bulbs. Yeah, we still got a good selection of bulbs in in the San Diego or in the Poway store as well. Hey, did you get yeah, your you know, Virginias yesterday? Yeah, I meant to talk about those. Those those are looking awesome. Really nice and big, and uh, yeah, the Virginias are in. And and. Did you know they changed the name on them, James? They're now Dry Mias. I saw that. I thought that was kind of weird. But they, you can still call them the uh, Sea Squall. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. They didn't change the botan- <laughs> They didn't change the common name. Yeah, it's the yeah, giant. They didn't change the common name. Yeah, giant sea squill, which is a it's a pretty cool plant. Really cool plant, especially when it blooms and it does real good on the coast as well. Yeah, very drought tolerant as well. You, you can yep. They'll grow in some pretty pretty garbage soil. Um, and the foliage on them is actually the foliage Beautiful. on them is actually really pretty when when they leaf out after the blooming cycle. A, a lot of people reach out for those bulbs when they're in, leafed out, right. not knowing mm-hmm. that they're going to drop that foliage in another couple of months because it usually drops down around April. But up until then, yeah. it's a gorgeous, lush-looking plant. Yeah, we got those in, and and they're looking really good, ready to plant. Um, have you had any interesting pest problems come through the store down there? Uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of caterpillars on uh, deciduous trees as they're starting to, to you know, kind of die back. Yeah, there's and there's one that gets on the liquid ambers that I red saw. hump the red hump caterpillars, yeah. and they can the, the the liquid ambers have just been getting tore up. Yeah, they can get decimated by those. <clears throat> Although at this time of the year, <clears throat> you can spray it, but yeah, with like BT or something like that. But what what's the point? They're they're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're just going to defoliate anyway. So. Yeah, so we've kind of been recommending, like, you know, spin the sad or BT and then uh, putting the uh, annual tree and shrub on uh, come spring. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good course of action. That should take care of it next year. Although it doesn't seem to happen every year. It kind of goes in waves. Kind of hit, hit, hit and miss. Yes, exactly. Yep. And, uh, yeah, also, uh, you know, with the uh, bulbs we got, our, our tulips and all that ready to go into uh, refrigeration right now. Yeah, that's true. Tulips yeah. and... Um, Tulips and crocus. Cro- and crocus, except for the crocus sativus, I don't think need to be refrigerated. Um, and, I, and that's refrigerated, not frozen. You don't put them in the freezer. <laughs> exactly. You just put them in the refrigerator. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and I, I believe our potatoes should be on the way. So if people want to um, reserve certain potatoes, you could call the store. And uh, we have a list where we could put you on a want list. I just got an email last night about that. They're going to ship next week. So hopefully we will have them by next weekend. Although last year, the same freight company took them east 
before they came west, so it took longer than normal. So it might not be till the following week, but we have 40, I'm sorry, 20 varieties of potatoes that'll be here within the next two weeks. Wow. That's a lot awesome. of potatoes. That's a lot of potatoes. A lot of people asking for them, too. So, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, they yeah, become so much, yeah, you want them, much more popular. Yeah, you can just reserve them. Yeah, and they're easy to grow, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we have Kelsey coming down uh, this morning from Moosa Creek Nursery, and she's going to be talking about all sorts of native plants. And, uh, yeah, I believe they're highlighting oak trees uh, in October. That's what it sounds like, October. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> October. Yeah. <laughs> All right, James, All th- right, yeah. thank you very much for getting up early and calling and let us know what's going on in San Diego. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, great to hear from you guys, and have a good uh, rest of the show. You Take too. Easy, Jimmy. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. Bye-bye. Take All care. Bye-bye. Uh, that was James Flynn, uh, store manager in, uh, in San Diego. And stealing my seed potato thunder. Oh. Yeah. We, we could talk about that a little more. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call here at Garden Talk, it's 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I almost forgot where we were there for a second. <laughs> um, we were talking, uh, James had brought up the uh, seed potatoes. And hopefully with the, you were talking about sprinkles, they think because of the, the marine layer and our winds are going to be switching around to the westerlies for this next week, that it's going to be cooler and it's going to be at least drizzly over most of the county from Sunday into Monday plus some measurable precipitation in certain areas. So raindrops, that was... The, there we go. That's Gosh, why that's good, Brendan put that song in there. A good tie-in there. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we have 20, 20 varieties 20 different, of Who knew there were that potatoes. many potatoes? It's so true. And that's only a, a portion. Oh, yeah. But, and these are certified G2 seed potatoes, so they're clean and special. Well, we were, we were talking about it during the break, and I remember when... We used to get seed potatoes from when we used to get seed potatoes from our old bulb supplier, who's long gone now, David's in Royston. Uh, we would get a box of basically hacked up potatoes with that yeah, were dusted sulfur. with some kind with sulfur or some kind of right. fungicide, uh, but they all had one eye on them, and that was that was all you needed back right. then. Although I, th- you can do that now. I, still, you you but, can yeah. you can do that still, but I. It just seems to me that if you're if you're going to be cutting up a potato to put it in the ground, the risk of it rotting rather than growing is probably greater than just taking a small potato. May I offer a contrary opinion? Sure. I used to think that as well, but it doesn't matter what happens to the flesh of the potato as long as there's as long an as eye the there, eye. the eye's going to take off. And I didn't realize okay. that until just a couple of years ago. Well, you know, that makes sense because with tomato plants, you can plant tomato plants 
deeper into the soil than the root ball is and they will root out from the side of the stalk and since potatoes are in the same family that would make sense if you have an eye that's growing that that eye is going to put roots out it's not going to root from the potato no it's the stem it's It's the the eye that yeah and that's all that you have to have and i I didn't realize that until just a couple of years ago. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not my a pot- eyes were opened. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a potato farmer, so I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. have known that. Nor am I. I don't think I've ever grown potatoes. Oh, they're so well. That's, it's I've grown them. They're pretty they're easy. So you should. That's you what should, I. That's they're what they're, they're the quite Irish, gratifying. The Irish did it. I'm just if kidding. they oh, I have a friend of mine in Scripps Ranch. She gets ridiculous amount of potatoes every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. they they're grow like crazy. Grow. Yeah. Just before uh, anybody complains, your last name is what, Mark? Oh, Mahady. So yeah, it's okay. Irish, yeah. Okay, okay. Still. Do you want me to list off 20 varieties or just say? No, you could go. Why don't you go ahead and list them? I'll do it very quickly, but concisely. Russian banana, German butterball, Viking purple, French fingerling, Colorado rose, Kennebec, purple majesty, uh-oh, binged, B-I-N-T-J-E, binge, binge. Anyway, I won't get stuck on that. Russet Burbank, Clearwater Russet, Ranger Russet, Yukon Gem, which I am told Yukon Gem is a better gem than Yukon Gold, which we also will have Yukon Gold. Hmm. Norland Dark Red, Sangre, Red Pontiac, Huckleberry, All Blue, Amorosa, and Austrian Crescent. Hmm. Is, it, is it more potatoey than the other potato? It's more <laughs> potatoey than the next leading brand, yes. It is kind of cool with the potatoes because they have the different colored potatoes, too. And it's, yes. It the is, purple ones are amazing. Yeah, the purple or the blue. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, they're very interesting. And they all grow different sizes, right. and they make a nice medley. And, yeah, it's true. So those are going to be in both stores within the next two weeks, you said? Yes, they're yeah. supposed to ship early next week. And I would expect they're going to have to be inspected when they get here. So it'll probably not be until the fall. They, they may not make it for this weekend. Okay. It'll probably be next weekend. Okay. Uh, we'll see. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. The other thing that we have coming in, too, onions. Oh, yeah. Well, but those are a couple of weeks away. Don't you prematurely? No, I, are you gonna, I, I didn't say they were going to be here tomorrow, I said, but they're... We yes, have a, the a sweet day. onion starts. Okay, the, the short starts, day, the, the short the day sex. starts. So okay. these are the bundles okay. of bare root onions, yeah, which those are tasty, and they are they're so easy and so good they to are. do that way. They are. And I found a new place this year where I'm going to try them again, where they'll get sun and maybe not have gophers, but I don't know. We'll we'll give it a go. I've started preparing an area in my backyard for them, but we expect them to ship the 13th of November. So we should have them by. Oh, so it's a few, three weeks out or so. Yeah, we should have them by the end of the. Both stores should have them by the end of that week, and we will have the, the Texas Giant. What's it called? Granix. No. No, we're gonna have the Texas. We're gonna have Yellow Granix, uh, Texas One Hundred One Five, but Texas Legend. Oh wow! Legend was the one that Jacques insisted we get last year, and because it grows bigger bulbs, Hmm. and so. Each store is splitting a case of the yellow granix, the white something, the red something, and the Texas 1015. We're splitting the numbers, but each store is going to have its own case of Texas legend per Jacques. So I think that's what I'll plant this year. I always want to get all the different colors, but some of the, the, like the reds don't bulb as much and... 
So why not just get the bigger onions? Well, and then when you're buying them in the starch, you buy a buy a lot of them. Yeah, you do. Yes, you you do. Quite a quite a few of them. So yeah, it, it's a lot. So <clears throat> just pick your favorite and go with that. You probably have a whole season's worth of onions out of that too. Well, if any of them survive the gophers and and me taking care of them, it's just sitting in your backyard before you plant them. Well, I mean, well that too. (laughs) But this time I'm going to be ready for them. I've put water on this fallow area, and I've got the I'm I'm moving forward. I'm listening to those guys on the radio on Saturday, and it's inspiring me. Are you going to turn all the weeds in that? uh, grow in the area that you're starting to water now well they're, they're going to come up very quickly i would think um, so but they do better with some food and some right de- decent soil but they will well, survive amazingly it. most plants do well that's true <laughs> <laughs> captain obvious is that what you just said yeah that's it. Yeah, what, what's what's the best fertilizer the, the one that you use oh. so not the one on the floor in the garage <laughs> yeah well if, if that's the one you use then that 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 works out very if well if you use if it. you use it um, a little bit of bad news in the plant world. There was a confirmed case of CLAS positive adult ACP detected in Valley Center. Now that was not it was not detected. Well, wait, in before any... you go to that, the adult ACP is the Asian citrus psyllid, yes. the spreader of citrus HLB. greening to bees, the Huang Long Bing. Yeah. There's so an infected bug they have found. They have found an infected bug. They have not found an infected plant. Do you know, right. unfortunately, why that most likely is? Because it came from an infected plant? Because it takes much longer to determine that oh. the plant's infected than it is the bug. Oh, that's true. So, so it may be there. It probably mm-hmm. it probably is there. And just one more reminder not to move citrus, stems, leaves, plants. Fruit. Anything. Fruit Any, yeah. around the county. Yeah, don't move it. And if you have a problem with your citrus, please don't bring samples into the nurseries. Um, just take a lot of pictures of it and zoom in real close. We're, we can usually figure out what's going on without actually physically seeing it. Because um, we're, we're doing everything we can to to keep yeah, it from spreading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all the, all the citrus that you see in – all the citrus plants that you see in nurseries across – probably across the state at this point has to be treated at the grower before it is shipped so they know that it's clean coming out and yeah and once you buy for, it and for that and, and for that it, reason yeah. it's all citrus at our stores is final sale right we, we don't want to risk something getting infected and coming back and um causing more issues that would be awful spreading it around that way well that's the scary thing you start getting up into valley center you know valley center doesn't have nearly as much citrus as it used to but Right. You're, you're getting close, and Palma Valley's just over the just over the edge of the canyon from there, and there's a ton of citrus down in Palma Valley right now. Which is also a reason why we recommend spraying. treating and spraying exactly. your trees Regularly. once or twice a year, whether exactly. you see psyllid on them or not. Um, although I have not seen, I saw psyllid in the spring, maybe mid to late spring, but I haven't seen psyllid since. Then. I have, have never, guys? I have never seen it at my house. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't. I've either. never seen it, so I, I know what it looks like, but I've I've never seen it. Now scale and yeah, I, other it, insects. Yeah. I must have had an. I must have had a pretty big infestation of the, uh, of the swallowtails because my two tangerine trees just got decimated. decimated. The full. I mean, something came in and just ate tons of foliage on them. And that's the only thing I can think of that could eat that much foliage you know, would be the swallowtail caterpillars. Prob- probably. And and we've had quite a few people concerned about those this year. I've gotten some pictures sent to me and 
the caterpillar's definitely out there. I've been noticing some eating on my tango mandarin. And every night when I go down with my flashlight, the tree starts moving and I see rats in it. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't noticed it that they were eating anything. Well, this morning there were three tangerine shells. Oh. Just the outer shell was there, but they had eaten all the, all the flesh out of the inside. inside. Yeah. yeah. So if um, they did not, they have not increased the quarantine, quarantine yet. area yet because they have not found a plant to base that quarantine on. It'll, ha- it'll I'm, happen. I'm sure that's going to be. It'll happen soon. And when we were talking about spraying, a lot of people have an aversion to spraying. The horticultural oil is just a light-grade mineral oil. It'll do a very good job of controlling things without poisoning anybody. It, right. it, it, right. con- it controls pretty much anything that's that, that it hits, that's yeah. going to get on citrus, except right. for the leaf miner. Except for the, the leaf. except for the leaf miner. If you happen to catch the leaf miner before it gets into the leaf, then right. it'll take care of it. But I, then, I was yeah. noticing on some of my trees, there's leaf miner damage. Then I sprayed, so I get clean leaves for a little bit, and then more leaf leaf miner damage because I didn't follow up with the spray in a timely manner. But you can certainly see on the trees when I sprayed with the Spinoza, with the Captain Jacks, it does stop it immediately. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'd followed up. It's it's very, very effective. If you'd like to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on Garden Talk. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you'd like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You had something you wanted to add about onions. A couple of things. First, back to citrus. We assume when we talk about ACP and HLB that everybody knows what we're talking about. And I don't know that that's probably fair. So citrus is susceptible to a disease called Huanglong Bing, which we abbreviate as HLB, for which there is no cure. And it is spread by Asian citrus psyllid, or ACP. And the Asian citrus psyllid has been ubiquitous in the county for, what, about 10 years now? At least. Yeah. And, but we had not had any of the disease for it to spread. But it is the vector. It is the bug that spreads the disease for which there is no cure. And now, what, uh, half a dozen years ago, there was a tree found up in Whittier that had the disease. Mm-hmm. Somebody had brought in, illegally imported some wood to graft and brought in the disease, which is now spreading, and they're trying to keep it under control. And the only way we can keep it under control, we, we can help, is Just by treating. treating and killing the Asian citrus psyllid 
and horticultural oil does a great job of doing that. Well, there's there. It wasn't too long ago they found a tree up in Santa Paula. Is that's it, the Ventura tree? The right? Ventura tree, yes. yeah, the Santa Paula, and then they found two in San Diego. There's one in Oceanside and one in Rancho Bernardo. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, more than there were two two sites and there are two quarantine areas in the county. Yeah. Soon, I'm guessing there will be a third quarantine area up in the Escondido area. And all of the infected trees thus far in the state that have been discovered have been in backyard orchards, backyard growers. None of the commercial yeah. growers have it because of their more stringent diligence. And diligence, yeah, yeah. yes. Exactly. Yeah. So that is why we ask yeah, very do, nicely. Do what you can do. Yeah, well, you know, your trees. It's interesting. The, the, in the quarantine areas, it's not just the plants, but it's the handling and the packing of the fruit. Right. I mean, it's, they it's, have, it's incredibly comprehensive what they're doing to try to get this under control. And it's just think about it. Yeah. I mean, if we don't get it under control, it's devastating. It's going to destroy David's citrus, and we well, don't want that to happen. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And we were talking about the onions. The onions that we're getting in in the starts are short day onions. Sorry about your elbow. Yeah. Uh, which are the best onions, even though we don't think about Southern California being a short day area because we have so much sunshine. We have shorter days during the summer months than the northern states. And so onions are graded as short day, intermediate day, and long day onions. And most of the onion sets, the bare root, uh, not the bare root, the bulbs that you buy in the stores are intermediate or long day onions. And they will grow here and they will bulb here. Uh, and they're great for green onions. They just don't bulb as well here as they do in the northern tiers. And the short day onions do really well here, but they don't store as well. And they don't make bulbs that you can ship around the country as onion sets for people to plant. So that's the differences fair enough okay okay now you may go ahead all right if you want to give us a call today 344-1170 is the number we're going to go out to el cajon where Lori is waiting good morning Lori. thanks for holding what can we do for you good morning um my first question has to do with mushrooms mm-hmm. um i've always been told when i have mushrooms in my garden there's something wrong with the balance in the soil um, but I listened to you guys, and I got the microbial inoculant for the microbial activity in my soil. And I got the, I think it's called mycos, to mm-hmm. inoculate my soil. And now I have the funkiest, weirdest mushrooms growing in my, in my garden. I mean, my plants are awesome, but these are some weird mushrooms. So am I doing something wrong? Is it just the fruit from what I, of the inoculant? I- um... I am so sorry that George is not here on the morning when a caller comes in and says microbial activity. That's George's big phrase, <laughs> and it's it's sad that he's not here for that, but I'll make sure he knows. Mushrooms are going to grow when the conditions are right. Temperature, humidity, light, and a host, uh, which is usually wood. Something decomposing. Decomposing Roots, in the soil. Roots, wood, um, it, it, it's... It's the the spores have uh, have gotten into something that is starting to decompose, and they're and they're just going to hasten the decomposition of, of that. It's it's just the natural thing. They're breakdown I, fungi. The, that's what the they micro, do. The microbial the microbial soil microbes that you add, I do not believe are fungus related. So it's a it's a 
it's a different it's a different different type of entity why you got us why you got uh, some really funky mushrooms growing now i don't know uh, but the spores are airborne and david and i can attest to that and we will <laughs> after this <laughs> after your call um but I typically with typically with mushrooms, sometimes if you change the pH of the soil and you make it more acid, that will control them. The other thing you can do too, which is actually pretty effective, is as soon as you see them start to come up in the garden, try to pick them before the before the heads open up completely and release their spores. And if you do that on a regular basis, you can you minimize can you can, you can you can minimize it. Um, but unfortunately, there there's no there's no fungicide that I know of that we have that's labeled that's labeled that's labeled to control mushrooms what is suggested is you take the growing area out of their range which is what the acid is if they like the ph that's there now if you acidify the soil you may take the soil out of the ph range that they like but they are part of the circle of life as the breakdown of the wood in the soil okay um this is not at my not in my yard it's I, i have a school um, garden and there are trees around us and uh, there was a wood mulch in the area where we put our um, raised beds. Mm-hmm. We moved it all around, so maybe that's what is breaking down. That was underneath. Very probable. Could easily, be. easily could, could be. be. Yeah, could be. Because these mushrooms, they get bigger than my hand. And yeah, I've seen. My neighbor's got some of those growing in her front yard right now, and you can the way that they're growing. You can she had a she had a big queen palm removed uh, a couple of years ago, and you can see in the lines that they're they're coming up from the root system, the left the leftover root system that was that's still in the soil that's decomposing. That's where those mushrooms have attached themselves, um, and it's it's pretty clear what what's going on. Yeah, it's just weird because I have I have six raised beds and they're only coming up out of one, so that's why I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, that's probably it, it, there's 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 something in that one bed that they seem yeah. to particularly like, and the and the conditions are are right for it, and it, and it and for what it, whether whether it's the growing conditions or the lack of a host for them to be to be growing on, that's probably what's going on with the other two. So, but like like I said, as soon as you see them start coming up, if you can uh, if you can pull them out before the before the heads open up and release the spores, you will eventually get ahead of it. You could also, you know, if you're growing vegetables, you could acidify the soil a little bit with some soil sulfur, and it's not really gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect the, the vegetable plants very much, but it may be enough to keep them from from being happy. Yeah, that's yeah, because we're we're putting in our our. our um our leaf crop right now and our root crop it's keep going we eat them nope um okay well i have a, another quick question mm-hmm. um i have a, at my house i have a um potted ficus tree and um because some really cool guys told me to uh use worm castings only for fertilization not as a top dressing to uh to uh, control white fly um I did that, and the white fly on my ficus kind of went away. Mm-hmm. But now they're back. Um, what should I, what what can I use on the ficus to get rid of them right now? It's in a container, you said. Yes. 
I would probably use the houseplant granules. Right. It's a systemic it's a systemic insecticide granule that you sprinkle over the soil and as you water it in, it takes a little while because it has to move through the plant, but it's absorbed through mm-hmm. the root system and it'll go through the entire plant and it will kind of protect the plant from the inside out. As the as the white fly continue to once the plant is fully charged with it, as the white fly continue to feed, they will intake they will intake that insecticide and it will kill them off and it and it controls for the granules are different. I think it's about six, six to eight, six, six to eight, eight weeks. weeks six yeah. to eight weeks. But that's usually enough to get the infestation right. under control, right. and you won't have any. And then you don't really have to. If, if you want to keep doing it as a preventative measure, as long as you keep up with it, it will prevent the uh, reinfestation of the white fly. Otherwise, you can just let it go until you start to see them coming up again, and then treat it again after that. Yeah, because these white flies, they, it's not the stuff with the long, sticky um, strings. It's, it only seems to come in in the autumn right before the, it, the leaves tend to go, and they just buzz around the tree. Yeah, it sounds like so, the typical white fly we used to get all the time. Okay. All right. Then I will use that. Okay. Thank you very Thank much for the much. call, Lori. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye. I can't I, remember the last time I saw a regular white fly. It's been a while. You know what used to, what they used to get onto? And actually, I haven't seen this in a while either. Is Anisodontia? Oh wow! They used to get into Anisodontia like like crazy. I haven't even thought. Yeah, about but it's it. just Anisodontia. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's why I said I don't even think I've seen an Anisodontia. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know how long. My question: What is going to be? Why not just put worm castings on it again? Well, you it worked, well, you the, could, first, you, you, it worked could, the first time. You right. could do that. Yeah. And you, you, you will get some fertilizer benefit out of it. I wouldn't use worm castings solely as a fertilizer, yeah. but you, it's certainly not going. It's certainly not. <clears> gonna certainly hurt not going. It's yeah, not going to exactly. hurt. You're going to get some. It's going to give it a little bit of fertilizer benefit, um, but it also will. Uh, it also will help prevent infestation of white fly. Or and apparently it will knock down a white fly infestation. I didn't well. know it. I I've never recommended it for ficus. Nor, nor only only for hibiscus. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. no, it's just just hibiscus and so. just for the yeah. for the giant white fly. Yeah. But hey, you don't even see giant. Well, it was about a it's year. It's starting ago. to show it, up it again. Started to come back, yeah, but for it had been right. gone for a long time. Yeah, I wonder what. I'm yeah. guessing that has something to do with the extended winter, doing something to a, perhaps a beneficial or a predator. Because we hadn't seen it for a long time, and we've seen it this year on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting pl- or interesting insect to be to be sure. If you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number you're listening to Garden Talk on KPRZ and KCBQ. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. 
With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George Allman has the day off today. Um, interesting, California passed a law this last week that reverses a portion of a 2015 law that banned municipalities in the state of California from um, banning the use of artificial turf in landscapes as a water saving measure. So now city of San Diego or other municipalities can ban the use of artificial turf um, in landscaping in favor of actual plants. Um, and one of the ones that they recommended was Bermuda grass. <laughs> so, and this is all because of, because of the plastic, because the, the forever chemicals that are in artificial turf, they're now concerned that it's going to be a problem in the long term having all these extra chemicals so, out in the so environment. So rip out your expensive artificial turf and put in Bermuda grass now. Well, let's see if they it's, asked you to put in. If it's, if it's 2015, that's what, eight years ago? Yes. It's probably wearing out anyway. <laughs> so. so Okay, so you've got your, your <laughs> life. Yeah, eight years your, worth your, there. You, you got your life e, cycle out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to last forever, especially in high traffic areas. And I know there's a... There's a number of houses in my neighborhood that have it, and right, you can definitely tell along the edges of the sidewalks it's matted down. And people just from people oh, from yeah, stepping, stepping yeah, on it. just from stepping on it, yeah. yeah. And it it oh. will mat pretty. It'll mat pretty quickly. So I've never been a huge proponent fan yeah. of artificial turf. I think in the I think in the right setting it looks good, but it it doesn't it doesn't look that good. Yeah, all the time, exactly. and we see a lot of, we see a lot of, um, I don't want to say collateral damage, but things that people don't realize. But, but sometimes we just don't take the time and think. So, grass is bad. Get rid of it. Yeah, we'll put in this plastic. That's good. We're not going to use water, and I'll pound on the table, <laughs> and it'll make noise. Um, and well, now, eight years later, plastic is bad. Get rid of it. Put in Bermuda, yeah. which. I don't. I've always been a proponent of Bermuda grass. Yeah, after I did my backyard, I, I like it too. It, but a lot of people don't because don't. it goes dormant. Yeah. But it, because it goes dormant, if it gets drought stressed, if you don't water it enough, it doesn't die. It goes dormant until right. you water it. Yeah. And it comes back. And then it comes back. Yeah. yeah but I have a have a friend of mine that lived in had a friend of mine that lived in um, Poway, and he put in artificial artificial turf in his front yard. And he had two Killed mature yeah. um, podocarpus trees, and the podocarpus trees started to suffer. So they took some of the they took some of the artificial turf out and redid the irrigation system to make sure that they would get water. Well, he said that podocarpus gracilia they drop foliage right. on a regular basis. They're not deciduous, but they just they lose their they shed right. their older foliage. And he said the trees shed so much of their older foliage onto the artificial turf. The only way he could get it up was to run his lawnmower over it and suck up all the art. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he was vacuuming so he, it. Exactly. So he said, "He said I have. He said I got a. I've got a fake lawn in my front yard. And he and said I still. Ha I still have to mow it to keep the right to keep the photocarpus foliage off of it. So anyway, <sighs> yeah. I going I'm back. I'm not going to go there. Forward, so, yeah. It <laughs> is. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we've got phone calls. We're going to we're going to Claremont where Shirley is waiting. Good morning, Shirley. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, honey? We're doing well. What can we do for you? 
Well, I have, uh, uh, I live in Claremont, and along one side of my house, along the entire side of my house, I had fruit trees. When I moved in the house, I've been here 50 years, moved in the house, and I had uh, two orange trees. And then I thought, hey, I'll, I'll plant some more trees. So I planted a couple of grapefruit trees, and I planted a couple of lemon trees, and they were prolific. They were great. I, I gave the, the, uh, the Law of the Fruit, the Salvation Army, you name it. I had so much fruit. I had tons of it. I've got pictures of it. I, I'd wash it, and it would fill my kitchen. I had so much fruit. Then the, the first ones to die were the ones closest to the street. And then one by one, and I've been here 50 years, one by one, the trees died. First, the, the two grapefruit trees, or the first, uh, the orange trees died, then the two lemon trees died, and now I'm on my last grapefruit tree, and it's dying. I want to know what caused that to happen. Do you got any ideas, David? Well, generally, it's, it's care and culture. Right. And generally, that comes down to food and water. And the older the tree gets, the less often it needs to be watered for a much longer period of time over a larger area. And fertilizing and mulching will help. And now that you're down to your last tree, I would start with a layer of fertilizer worm castings covered by mulch. And how are you watering these trees? Or were you? Well, yeah. I, well, now I only I only have uh, the, uh, the, the the I have two the, the two uh, uh, grapefruit trees. Are right. How do you water it? Uh, well, I have a sprinkler system, and it, it I just turn my sprinkler system on, and it, I water them. I used to water them uh, once, depending upon how hot it was, how sun, and sunny and everything. But anyway, how hot? Uh, I usually watered them once a week, maybe twice a week. Is that what you're and, doing now? What are you doing now? Well, that's, that's what I'm doing now. Okay. I, I water them twice a week now, uh, and I usually water them about, uh, oh, 10 or 15 minutes each time. That's probably not long enough when you do it. So in a mature old tree like that, you probably want to water about a between 10 and 20-foot diameter circle under the tree long enough so it soaks down one to two feet. And that could be... Half an hour, hour, hour and a half. It depends on what kind of sprinkler you're using and how much water it's putting out. Um, the other thing that could cause it would be a, a scale infestation because it takes all the energy out of the plant no matter how hard you try and take care of it. Um, and so spraying with the horticultural oil once or twice a year should help take care of it. But I would consider watering longer when you water, and you shouldn't have to water more than about once every one to two weeks in the summer, but longer so it soaks down deeper. Well, it's it, where I am now, it's alongside my house, and it's in a bed. Okay. That's still, that's, that's a great place for it. So mulch it, feed it, and then water it longer, less often. Thank you very much for the call. Thanks for the call, Shirley. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you can get that under control. If you have any other questions, uh, feel free to uh, come into the San Diego store or give the San Diego store a call. We'd be more than happy to uh, be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, let's see. We're going to try to go out to San Carlos. Linda, how are you? Hi, good. I'll have two quick questions. One of them is with respect to dragon fruit. Uh, which is better, because these are the two places I could put it in my yard, where I water it one, uh, twice a week, 
versus once every two weeks. Probably once every two weeks. Twice a week. Twice a week. They are. Yeah. They come from wet, wetter areas. Sorry. Um, they oh, like moisture. They, they, you want them yeah. in the twice a week area. Okay, and then as far as fertilizer, I've been using um, what I use for citrus trees and passion fruit. Um, I, whatever I fertilize for those. Do That'd I, be fine. I use the same one. Yep. Yep. That should take care of it. Okay, and then I just have another question. That um, I keep getting these flowers that are beautiful. But they don't turn into fruits. The flowers just wilt and die, and there's no fruit coming from it. Is uh, there going on? Lack of pollination. That something something's not pollinating it. Okay, uh, so I should can, just pollinate it with like a paintbrush or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Try hand pollinating it and see if that see if that changes it for you. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for the call, Linda. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Classes, real quick. Classes. In San Diego today, it's October Native Planting with Kelsey from Musa Creek Nursery, one of the best native growing native growing nurseries um, around. And um, in San Diego or in Poway at nine thirty, it's bonsai workshop with Richard Wright. That is an RSVP class. We do have some open spaces. Give the store a call eight five eight five one three four nine zero zero. At we would, nine o'clock. At at nine or nine thirty. No, you can call at 9 oh, o'clock. Call the, call the nursery at 9 o'clock. That's correct. Yeah, the phones won't be on until 9 o'clock. Um, but we would, love, we would love to see you there. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with another hour of Garden Talk next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. On Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.